0: Good morning, y'all. My name is Richard Jaunty, and you're listening to RJ's Black Box, where we discuss issues affecting black people worldwide. Today's topic is Black Folks Need Healing. I want to cover this topic because I understand that black folks have never healed from slavery. Our forefathers thought they could just move on from bondage and expect to become well-adjusted individuals after a couple of centuries of physical, emotional, and psychological abuse. And this is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, Whether you're in America or the Caribbean, even the Haitians who have been liberated for over 200 years, after their liberation, after fighting off the Napoleon's army and all these other armies that they fought to liberate the slaves. um, They still didn't take the psychological uh, approach to the healing process for their people. And here in America, after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, black folks went from bondage to freedom. There was no adjustment. So when there's no adjustment, there's no healing because... What you're doing now, even though you're free, you're practicing everything negative that was done to you against your own children. Capital punishment and all, you know, the switch and all all that shit was learned from white people. And we continue with that because we think this is the proper way of disciplining our children and so much more. I mean, there's a lot involved. This is just a podcast for 30 minutes, so I can't go. Too deep into the psychological effect of everything that slavery has done to us but um, we need to start healing ourselves Um, the federal government nor the slave owners ever provided um, the tools and treatment that we needed as black people to function as normal human beings after slavery we never did that so what happened is that whatever behavior our folks, our forefathers inherited from the people that humiliated them, that beat them, that marginalized them, exploited them. That's, they be, that's the behavior they carry forward with their own children. And we have been doing that for centuries now. And I understand that it was done by design, but we must take the proper steps to correct ourselves so that healing can begin. We can't heal without understanding our history, without understanding, you know, where certain behaviors came from. You know, there's so much to do. There's so much that we need to cover. Like I said, the podcast is 30 30 minutes. I try to keep it short because I understand people, you know, even though we're under quarantine, time is essential. So I understand that folks don't want to waste their time listening to my voice. For two hours. But. Um, one of the things that we love to do. <clears throat> because we're not healed. We love to humiliate ourselves. And we do this on every level. The same way white people humiliated our ancestors for years. We'll find any reason. To humiliate ourselves. Or humiliate another black person. Darker skin. That's a form of humiliation. Michael um, Michael Blackson. You know, funny comic, I guess, you know, he um, he uses dark He uses his darker skin to humiliate himself most of the time. And people get a kick out of that because they laugh at it and he's making a living off of that. Kevin Hart humiliates himself all day, every day because of his height and everything else. You know, he capitalizes of his own insecurities and we laugh at it because we're dysfunctional. We laugh at it because we haven't healed as a people. Um, people think they're funny whenever they call somebody black as hell. While thinking lighter skin is appropriate for beauty. And that, that's the dysfunction in our mind that we have normalized. As a functional way that is detrimental to our subconscious. We don't even understand that we do certain things. We don't understand where they're coming from. But a lot of the things that we do stays in our subconscious and we just do it and it it becomes automatic to us. Nappy hair is another thing, common thing that black people use to humiliate one another. It's part of having nappy hair is part of who we are. And we must learn to embrace it. Telling someone they have good hair because the texture is slightly different from my normal nappy structure. That's a form of denigration that we have normalized. So we have black folks walking around, you know, calling somebody nappy-headed this, nappy-headed that, without understanding. We're doing all this stuff because we haven't healed. We haven't healed as black folks. We need healing, man. We need to start recognizing, you know, some of these dysfunctions. So we can correct them. Black folks also feel that anybody that is mixed with anything but black is exotic. If a black person has chinky eyes. Oh, that person is exotic. They had Chinese or Asian down the line. They were mixed with something. They can't just be black and beautiful. They have to have something else. We're always seeking to identify some kind of mixture on black people that we find beautiful. That is dysfunctional. We can be 100% black and beautiful without any mix from any other race. We have to recognize that. Here's the thing that most of you don't think about probably. Black people, we are the hot sauce of society. What I mean by that, any food, any type of bland food that's put in front of you, The minute you pour a little bit of hot sauce on it, that food automatically becomes tastier. It tastes better. That's the thing with black people. Whenever we mix with anybody or any, you know, it just gets better. And that's all it is. We can embrace that. You know what I'm saying? Because we make everything better. That's what we do. However, we can also be 100% black and beautiful as well. You know what I'm saying? We have to understand that part. That pure African beauty that most of us came from, we shouldn't have a problem with that. You know, we should embrace it. If somebody is dark-skinned or whatever, or you see a... Uh, 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 it shouldn't just be tall, dark, and handsome. It shouldn't apply only to black, black men. It should be a sister should be beautiful and dark as well. I know plenty of beautiful dark-skinned sisters. But some for some reason, they don't get the same accolades as their light-skinned sister. I mean, there's nothing wrong with preference. You know, we all have preferences. Uh, people are attracted to whom they're attracted to. You know what I'm saying? But we must understand. We must first love... Our mother, our father, you know, the black people who gave birth to us. You understand? Uh, we weren't given birth. We, nobody created us. That was a different race. If, we're, especially if you're 100% black, you know, both of your parents are black, and there's no reason not to embrace that. We don't embrace it because we need healing, because we're dysfunctional, and we need to respect. Our own heritage. If you don't respect your heritage. You can't heal. We can't heal if we don't love ourselves. How Your hair is your hair. You were born with it. Love it. Learn to love it. Your eyes are your eyes. You can't change that. Learn to appreciate the fact that you were not born blind. Stop looking stupid with blue contacts as a very dark-skinned person you just it just doesn't look right this is something you find in scary movies they usually change the eyes whether the person is black or white in order to make someone look scarier they usually change the color of their eyes you're not a movie character and you're not in a scary movie stop doing that dumb shit you know learn to love yourself learn to love who you are heal yourself We got to let go of these dysfunctions that we, we embrace. You know, there are so many aspects of our lives that need healing. We have stereotyped ourselves in every way. Like anybody else, you know, I've been binging on a lot of movies since the lockdown. But one of the things that I've noticed in a lot of movies that are written... And directed by black people, for black people, is their hatred for an educated and successful black man. Whether I was watching Soul Food, Nobody's Fools, or many other black movies, you know, I'm not a, I'm not really a Tyler Perry fanatic, but. When you're sitting in the house 24 hours, you know, some of these movies come on, you know, just as a form of entertainment. You tend to watch stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I'm noticing the different patterns, especially in Tyler Perry's movies. Uh, Most of the characters, the black characters, the male characters, they always seem to have like a prison background. um, For one reason or another. And they usually... uh, a black woman between an ex-con character and a successful educated black man who's written the character's usually written in a corny the most corny way that you can think of You know, so a black woman is forced to choose an ex-con in most of these films hey, that includes soul food I don't know if many of you guys saw soul food but when Lem came home and that other guy, the light skinned guy that liked, you know, the female character and and Soul Food, he was pursuing the, the, the girl. You know, he was in a better position. He had an executive position at his job while Lim was struggling to uh, to find a job because of his um his record. Not only that, because he came from prison automatically the image of Lim was that he was tough. You know, he could fight, he could do this, he can do that. While, you know, the other brother, the more educated brother, he was corny. He was a cornball in every way. How many times have we seen this on the big screen? We haven't healed. This is this. We're promoting dysfunction and we keep doing it over and over and over again. Nobody's fool. That movie, same thing. You know, um, the character is a guy that came from prison. But the girl was faced with the choice of another man who was successful who was this and that but that man had so many flaws um he was so corny there was no way that she could choose him so the audience is designed to root for the ex-con how long are we going to continue down that path you understand what i'm saying it's like i understand struggle i'm a writer I know and I understand plenty about character development as a writer. You, you understand what I'm saying? And it's intriguing to create characters that are not normal to us. But we can't keep promoting one thing. We can't keep promoting a certain behavior that is dysfunctional. And we we, we can't keep uh, Influencing the minds of our young girls and our young boys because when you're writing a character that's coming from prison that ends up with the girl in the movie because after all most, most uh, uh, stories are written with the underlying message that somebody gets the girl you know I don't think there are too many stories written out there even if it's an action film where there isn't a woman involved and somebody has to fight to get the girl okay if the person that gets the girl every time is an ex-con who's got the world against him and he's fighting everything in the system to survive sometimes pulling that woman into his own struggles if that's what we're showing our girls if that's what we're showing our young boys which direction are we leading them you know, I know families who have who throw the biggest parties when one of the a member of the family come home from prison while the people who graduated from college didn't even get a little celebration from the family. You understand what I'm saying? This is the type of society that we're living in. We're celebrating dysfunction more than we appreciating functional people. Even myself as a writer. I mean, this is what I do. I write books. I know plenty of other people. Who came home from prison. The spotlight was shine on them. For having gone to prison. And somehow. Became writers. I'm not trying to downplay anybody's accomplishment. But. Nobody should be celebrated more because they did something stupid that landed them in prison. While another person who has accomplished the same thing, who have avoided the trappings of society to make it, they're not celebrated as much. There's a reason for that. We're so dysfunctional. We don't understand. That's another trap. You understand if they're telling you you have to go this route, okay, for you to be appreciated. I know plenty of chefs I've seen. uh, There's a brother that came home from prison. Uh, He became a chef, a well-known chef, and he's been on many different shows where his food, everything that he's doing has been highlighted. But what about the brothers that that have never been to prison? That are great chefs. What about them? What about the writers who have never been to prison? You, know, you have to understand the narrative, the propaganda behind everything that we do that carries over the dysfunction that keep us from healing. Because we cannot heal if we continue to live in a cycle of dysfunction. It's not healing. There are many, many, many brothers out there Who have Kids by multiple women I'm talking a lot of women Myself Hey, I have two daughters One with my ex-wife And one with another woman It happened uh, But when I made the decision To have a second child I wasn't really thinking about The dysfunction I was bringing into My Uh my daughter's life you know I didn't think about it it was my own selfish decision and sometimes we make selfish deci- decisions um, but I know brothers were like to, they have like ten kids seven kids and lately I've met a lot of women that had like four or five children by four or five different baby daddies this all came from slavery because white people Used to breed. Slaves. They would have one man. The strongest man. On the plantation. Sleep with as many women as possible. To breed them. And that behavior carried over. Once slavery was over. There was no. Corrective action taken. There was no. Um mental health, psychological assistance, um, therapy, you name it. None of that was provided for our folks. So what they did, they carried on whatever was being practiced when they were slaves. And that became our norm. So now we find these things to be the norm. And we continue to do them. And sometimes we even promote them. You understand? We don't have to denigrate someone in order to elevate somebody else. Meaning, if you're in an interracial relationship, if that's your thing, you don't have to tell the world how bad black women are how bad black men are in order to elevate your white spouse. That is a form of dysfunction. You have not healed. You can appreciate your white spouse or whatever. If that's your thing. Listen, I I got no problem with you being, you know, what you are. Okay. Some people choose to date out of their race. You know, that's what they choose to do. That's not my call. But I'm not going to allow you to think that your partner is better because they have another race. You're not going to be talking that shit around me. And you damn sure not going to tell me how bad black women are because you're dating a white woman. And you're not going to tell me how bad of a black man I am because your ass is dating a white man. That's dysfunction. I don't see too many white women um, publicly claiming how bad white men are just because they're dating a black man. It doesn't happen. They date whomever they're dating and they accept it. But they don't denigrate their own race. They don't go around saying, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I understand the whole. Bad boy aura for film, for stories, but someone doesn't have to emerge from prison in order to be like a bad boy. You know what I'm saying? You can have certain traits, character traits without being a jailbird, without being a convict, without, you know, you don't have to be a certain stereotype. You don't have to fit that stereotype. And as writers, as creators, sometimes we're not conscious of some of the things that we're doing, some of the things that we're writing. You know? There are plenty of people... In Hollywood, black people that are making movies, that are writing shows. Sometimes I feel like they hate black people. They hate black women. They hate black men. They hate black children. Because they paint them in a light where it's really hard to absorb as a viewer. I'm watching, all, I'm binging on all this, all these different shows. And I'm just watching so many of the stereotypes it's so easy to say Oh a white person must have written this When in fact It was written by a black person It's not like those slave movies You know We know White society is quick to promote You know Those slave movies where black people Were mentally incapacitated We couldn't think for ourselves We couldn't you know We didn't care about our freedom They'll hand a gun to us You know so we could watch other black people on a slave plantation. We weren't smart enough to say, oh, they're giving me a gun to watch other black people. Why don't I turn this gun on the person who's actually exploiting black people? So in essence, it continues because when we have guns in the hood now, even today, what do we do? Who do we use them against? We're using them against ourselves. That's because of the same dysfunction from slavery. That's a, a lot of overseers doing slavery with black. These were people handpicked by the white slave owners to run their plantation to watch over other black people. It's really no different than being a prison guard or a police officer, because while you enforcing their rules. I understand it's a job, but some people are very extreme with it. I understand that we have to survive, but don't get extreme with your job. It's just a job. Don't abuse other black people because you're in a position handed to you by white people to empower you over white people. Because the minute you step out of line with a white person, you end up losing your job. It's a dysfunction on every level. And we, we, we don't see it. We don't see it because we're not healed. And healing. We don't know how to heal. And healing is not really that difficult. It's all about loving who you are. And loving your people, your community. Embracing everything that is true about yourself. You can't run from who you are. You can't run from your nature. We all have as people. We all have our own nature. There are things that we do. That other races won't do. No matter how we try to uh, assimilate. Into another culture. It's not going to become us. We have to embrace us. We have to understand. This is innate. That's how we were born. It's part of us. It's who we are. We can't keep pushing and pushing and pushing and turning everything positive about us into a negative. Big lips, big butt. The minute white people start to embrace all the shit about us that we thought was negative, because they made it sound negative, Doing slavery—it's not because it's negative to us. We accept it as negative because they said it was negative. Now that they're embracing it, they're injecting their asses with you know bricks and whatever—a cement or whatever else—they're putting in there collagen on their lips to make their lips fuller, bigger, looking stupid as heck. Some of them are even changing their skin color. You understand? We have not healed because the dysfunctions have outweighed everything else. We function as dysfunctional people and we've done that so well in the last, I don't know, couple of centuries. We don't even know what's normal because those dysfunctions, they've become the norm to us. We need healing. We need healing. And healing is basically taking inventory of what you do on a daily basis. Recognize what you are doing that is destructive to yourself. Recognize what you're doing that's not elevating your kids. To reinforce positive thinking because your children are watching your every move the cycle of destruction is repeated every day in our community that's because we're not healed we're not healed as children we're not healed as adults and when you're not healed guess what it's passed on to your children and then your children have to face the same poor decision-making, the same self-esteem issues, and everything else that you experience. We need to change that. We, uh, we have to learn to love ourselves. We have to um, change the way that we do things. And uh, we have to start... Recognizing and calling ourselves out on certain behaviors. If we don't do that, I just don't see us getting better in society. I don't see it. And our demise is going to be there. I mean, anything that they throw at us, we accept it. We have to recalibrate our minds to start thinking differently. Nobody's gonna look out for the best for you. No one. You have to look look out for the best for you. Nobody has your best interest at heart but you. So, black folks, we have to start thinking about ourselves what's best for us. I understand they're opening up a lot of these uh states and cities where a lot of black folks you know where there's a concentration of black people please stay home stay your black asses home we don't need to go out there this genocide this plan of genocide where they're targeting us we need to recognize what it is okay I hope y'all have a great weekend take care of yourself stay healthy and take care of your family